Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Hi there. Welcome to the first Around the Hearn in quite a while. The world, well, it's just kept me from doing the show for a while, but uh, two great guests today. And in just a bit, you'll hear from a Fort Loramie volleyball coach, John Rogers. He'll talk a lot about the game coming up with the uh, Fort Loramie girls taking on Rushi. That actually ended last night, and it was a 3 nothing win for Fort Loramie, waiting now for a perennial state championship contender, New Bremen, on Saturday at 2 p.m. at Clayton Northmont, and that will be a good one. We'll talk a little bit about New Bremen as well, kind of a uh, preview and a back and forth. Bremen beat Jackson Center in three sets on Wednesday. One of the volleyball things going on in the area. The others happen tonight. As I tape this, it is early Thursday morning. Coldwater takes on Fairview. That's at Lake High School. Later tonight, and Versailles gets Cardington Lincoln. Tonight at Fairmont, the uh, local teams in the area. Liberty Benton still alive as well as they have been on a, a tear. But it's cross-country that we're going to focus on in just a few minutes. Holly Flukiger, the uh, head coach of Ottawa Glendorf, who for the first time in school history will have both the entire boys and girls programs at the uh, state tournament. And that is this weekend, and it may play a little bit of effect on the uh, Ottawa Glendorf girls regional final on uh, Saturday. Supposed to be at noon against Woodmore. That's up in Tiffin. And a game you can hear on WZOQ Radio as part of a doubleheader with the Ottawa Boys, who were victorious over Mansfield Christian last night, one nothing, and are going to play Ottawa Hills at 3 o'clock in that same venue at Frost Cownell Stadium. But it may be a 7 o'clock start for the Lady Titans. There's apparently talk about that with the uh, young ladies and the young men running down in Columbus and trying to get as many people down there to support them as uh, humanly possible. And then getting up to Tiffin to support the girls on their run to hopefully the uh, state Final Four and beyond. Boys soccer last night as well in Lima. Shawnee picked up a 2-1 win over Lexington. And they'll play on Saturday against Richfield Revere, who defeated Bowling Green, who had a chance to play on their home field in a regional finals. But it'll be at Bowling Green, a terrific stadium. It should be uh, good weather, I believe. I haven't looked at it. I hope that folks go and pack that one as well as... The final right before it, it's going to be back-to-back Western Buckeye League games. St. Mary's girls soccer won on that field against Maumee the other night. They'll play Copley in the regional finals on Saturday at 1 o'clock. So uh, go on, get up there, hit the highway, root on the Western Buckeye League. That's what you need to do. Uh, High school football this weekend hitting the uh, second round of the playoffs. And we are blessed to have quite a few teams from Northwest Ohio in this region and in these uh, playoffs. Minster, they'll hit the buses and travel south to take on Mechanicsburg. Fort Loramie will host Southeastern. New Bremen will go to uh, DeGraff to take on Riverside. Waynesville Goshen will play host to Gibsonburg. The Holy War, it's the uh, football gridiron version with LCC and Delphi St. John's. Pandora Boa and McComb on a game you can hear on zsportslive.com. Delphus Jefferson at Antwerp. I'm sure that's on uh, the radio station in uh, Delphus, 107.1. Versailles in Twin Valley South. Allen East getting the uh, other Bearcats, not the Spencerville Bearcats, but for the second time, they'll have a Bearcat moniker as an opponent in Paint Valley. They're out of Bainbridge. West Liberty Salem will be the uh, sacrificial lamb, probably for Marion Local. Coldwater gets Huron. It seems that they're 4-0 all-time against but haven't played since 2014. Braylon Harlemer continues to be the quarterback. Marcel Blassengame, who uh, had an injury a couple of weeks ago and is expected to be back ahead of maybe the time he was quoted if the Cavaliers are continuing to play in the playoffs is off his crutches. Van Wert tries to showcase their high-octane offense against Sandusky Perkins and potentially get a uh, WBL rematch in the next round. That will result, though, in a uh, St. Mary's win having to happen. At West Holmes, game you can hear at 6.30 of the pregame. 7 o'clock with a kickoff on K94. Bellbrook, a couple of years removed from hosting St. Mary's, travels to Harmon Field and the beautiful new press box they've got there at Wapakoneta. And Defiance, making one of the longest trips back-to-back 
of any team in the state of Ohio travels to Mansfield to take on the T.Y. Tigers. Longest trips, defiance obviously around two and a half hours to Mansfield on a bus. Van Wert, just under that, 125 miles to uh, Sandusky to take on Perkins. St. Mary is about 150 miles to uh, West Holmes out there in the heart of Amish country. And here on in Coldwater, about 160 miles or two and a half hours. Again, all of those a little bit longer on a bus. Speaking of cross country, though, wanted to get to this. This is a great list. I'm so happy to see uh, how many of the uh, young men and women are in this program for this weekend. The Bath Boys, featuring just one senior, are uh, traveling to Columbus and running the uh, course down there in Division Two as a team. Colin Bining, the freshman from Salina. Otto Glendorf's boys, who you hear from Coach Flew coming up here in just a few. First time in program history. Got the uh, fire trucks, and it has been a weekend of fire trucks and uh, toilet papering in Putnam County. Drew Lodick from Van Wert in all in Division Two. Division Three on the boys' side, John Young from Anna. Bluffton, Botkins, Lincoln View, and Marion local boys. Entire groups as teams. Adam Ballas from Fort Loring. Trevor Heitkamp from Fort Recovery. Lanny Oakman from Spencerville and Joe Parker from Upper Side of Valley. Round out Division Three on the boys' side. Division Two is Jenna Lee Dameron and Kaylee Dameron, the three-time WBL champion from Salina, who will make the uh, trip in Division Two along with the Shawnee and Otto Glendorf girls teams. D3, Minster for recovery in Fort Loramie. All setting their entire teams, along with Brendan Moody of Lincoln View and Meredith Bargey. From Versailles, that is a look at some things going on. And maybe the coolest thing of all the uh, cool things that are happening this weekend, Tyson Elwer from uh, Shawnee tonight, again Thursday night as I tape this, is going to play uh, for St. Francis in Fort Wayne at Assembly Hall in Indiana. So you get to play the Hoosiers. That's awesome. So a, uh, a big shout-out to him. For what he's doing. Conference awards is starting to come out hopefully next week. I have some more interviews and uh, a look at kind of everything going on that way. But when we come back, we'll talk to Coach Flew about cross country. And we'll talk to Coach Rogers about volleyball. All of that is on the way here on Around the Hearn. Lee Chipsel Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road. New Chevys, Buicks, GMCs, and all your pre-owned vehicles. We've got an award-winning service department and an award-winning parts department. What a great team. 866-LEE-KINSEL, 650 West Urban Road, Van Wert, Ohio. Come see us and you'll leave happy. There's nothing like a Kinsel deal. We've been in business for over 50 years and looking forward to the next 50. 650 West Urban Road, Lee Kinsel Sales and Service. Come on over, Lima Land. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Talking cross-country now is the uh, first time in school history that the Auto Glendorf Titans have both the men and the women's programs headed to the uh, state and the head coach and Holly Fluger. You've got to just be continually over the moon since last weekend. I am. I think I'm still in shock. I am so excited for my runners and how hard they've worked and they have earned it. And hopefully everybody has been following our cross-country trail and we just kept getting better and better. and more focused as the season went on. And I'm just excited. Elated. You go from uh, being a kind of a, a perennial up toward the top of the WBL program uh, rankings, but then it, it kind of has tapered off over the years. You guys win the district titles for the first time. I think mm-hmm. that means you have to win a regional title for the first time to get to state. But I mean, what a weekend though in Ottawa and Glendorf between the fire trucks were just going through there nonstop. I know. I know how many weeks in a row we had them. We first started with the, um, our blue and gold invitational and both teams took that. And then I knew it was looking good for WBL, but you know, anything can happen in cross country. Um, and we were able to do that. And then districts, I, they just looked so good. I mean, 
so thrilled. And we were hoping for a little bit better at regionals, but heck, we're happy. We're glad we're moving out. And I couldn't be prouder of them. So, And when you look at that, you go through that district race and it's not an easy course from what I understand at the district level. Um, well, at Columbus Grove, it's pretty flat. And, but it's more of a, definitely a mental challenge. It's a different level of runners. And like, so I worry about some of my younger runners, my freshmen, but they stepped up to the challenge because they tend to go out so much faster and there's just so much pressure and um, they knew what they needed to do, but man, did they take it like champs? I, they really took it in stride. They knew what they had to do. They were focused. Um, we told them constantly, you have to run your race. You cannot run other people's race. Otherwise you will lose your confidence and you'll start to slow down and you'll lose your mental focus. So it's all about positivity and confidence at this point. I said, your training has taken, brought you here. So you just need to use what you've learned and run your race. I must so have been that's, the, that's our big push. Must be the regionals. I was thinking of at Tiffin. Is that the oh, yeah. easy Tiffin course? Is the, that's what I was oh, thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Tiffin is the hard course. Um, couple hills, but we have prepared for that. We are, I, we have mentally prepared for a lot of different things throughout the season. And I was not worried. And we've ran the course. Like I even took them, um, since we don't do scrimmages really, um, Mr. McLaughlin, he's been great. And he let us go run the course, um, during the first week of, or second week of August, we went and we ran the course and it was fun. And it, it was more of a team bonding, um, little bit of thing that we did. And we ate out and it's, it's just getting that team to feel confidence and, the more you see that course, the better it is. And then we went for the carnival and they just felt good about it. Like other years that we've gone, like I didn't feel that confidence coming from them, but I could feel it. I could tell like they were confident. And I was like, well, we're going to do good things out there. I, I'm not worried. I'm not going to preach at you at this point because you have done the training. You just need to trust your training and focus. How hard of a thing is that to explain to high school kids at times of, I'm going to stop yelling at you, but you need to have that sort of inner me yelling at you to keep yourself going. Yeah, well, and that's another thing. They always know we are always at the same spot. Uh, um, I have Matt Kelly as my assistant coach and James Rader, and we have our spots, and they listen for us. They know what we're going to tell them. They know, and that really gives them that boost, like, fixing their form or okay you're starting to look like a dinosaur when you're running oh you're hopping up like a you know i'm like air you're in there like it's just little things along the way um they know that we're going to be out there with them and so they then they they just get more comfortable and it's just like practice it's they're hearing us and i don't know it's just the confidence from that knowing that we're out there we're pulling for them we're helping them along the way is really important it's crazy to read things uh, that you were kind of telling me beforehand. We have a, a mutual friend of Mark Altstetter who does a terrific job with the live news. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that he interviewed Alexa Fortman after the uh, district race, and she said, you know, I really didn't run my best race at WBLs, and she lost to the young lady from uh, uh, Salina. Mm-hmm. But the next time, her quote is, I really didn't run my race. I was focused on getting my race and getting through. It's kind of funny how maybe you guys spend too much time together that it's almost word for word the same verbiage. Oh, I know. But she, she listens. And, and I kept telling her that because throughout the last couple of years, I noticed that she would try to run somebody else's race and they would push her. And then it would mentally mess with her mind. And then, like, I think she would doubt herself. And I'm like, you have to run your race and have confidence in what you are doing. And I kept telling her that it's you have to run the smart first mile. And second mile should come fine. And then that third mile, you will have it in you. But if you do not, if you are, if, somebody, if you're following somebody else that first mile and you're letting them push you, then you've already lost your focus and how you usually run because she's got that track in her at the end like she can pull that out like no other and I'm like you have to trust yourself and how you run and so we constantly are feeding her that and I know her parents are feeding her that and you have trained hard for this you know how you run you can't let somebody else control how you're running and you can't let somebody else um like get you uh, like control your speed that is so important Cause we tried, she had tried a lot of different things and, um, 
And sometimes I said, people will play games with you because they know what happens to you when you go out too fast or when you do this. And I said, then they know that they can get you in the end. I said, so you got to keep, you got to run your own race. So yeah, she, she listens. She's been listening. (laughs) Anytime that she runs, it seems like lately she's been breaking her own record or some school record or somebody else's record. When you guys write those down afterwards, you just write them in pencil. Do I write them in pencil? That way, she, oh, yeah. that way you don't have to, you know, write over ink every time. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, we do. We haven't even given them to the athletic director. Otherwise he'd want to print it out. Nope. Nope. She's not done yet. I know she's not. She's just got so much focus. She's got so much more in her. Even she looked so good at regionals. And that was, it made me nervous a little because, um, the whole, she was, she ran cross country and the soccer last year. And this year she focused solely on cross country and wow, that has really helped her with her running her pace. Like she is like a metronome when we have her run pacing, man, she knows exactly where she's at. She knows exactly where she needs to be. So on interval days and tempo days, she is so like a metronome. She knows exactly where her body is. Um, and nutrition and sleep, and she's got it all figured out. I know so. there's kind of a crazy thing. You brought up soccer with uh, her having to give that up, and I know having talked to her mom that that was a big thing of not being able to play this year. But yeah. on the other side of it, with how supportive that obviously Michelle, the soccer coaches, have to be with having Maddie Hovist. I mean, yeah. and she had a heck mm-hmm. of a race in the districts and, and kind of that oddity of, all right, going to do one in the morning – and then maybe having the other in the afternoon or at night. I can't imagine what kind of stamina that has to be for these kids. Oh, I know. And normally Madeline doesn't falter. She's been running since she's been, I don't know, out of a toddler. I don't know. Her grandparents, she's got a long um, history of family members that have run. Her grandma and grandpa still run. And, um, and her dad runs and she's always, I remember when he sent me her first half marathon picture, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she did so awesome. Like she just is mentally a tough runner. And like, I feel like it's some runners run three miles and then they run five miles after. And I feel like, Oh, it's the warm up for soccer. <laughs> so that's how I think she takes it. She's like, I'm going to do this. I have this job to do. And then I'm going to go on to the next one. But, um, she ran so well. Um, I know she was a little disappointed. She wanted that 16th place, but I'm like, man, it was a tougher pack this time. I feel like it was a tougher race. I said, you still looked awesome. You still ran a great race. I'm like, don't be so hard on yourself. And we're all going. So you have to keep giving them that, those little nuggets of confidence and positivity. I know I'm always amazed when someone tells me, oh, she ran this morning. And then I watch her kick a ball. And it's uh-huh. three quarters of the way down the field. I'm like, she doesn't seem like she's tired at all. No, I know. I think more mentally than physically because her body's ready for it. Like I said, she's been running forever. And plus, we um, have a new uh, weight guy, uh, Ryan Leopold. I don't know if you know him. And um, I was right on that. I'm like, we need to be in the weight room. Um, we need to be strengthening to prevent injuries and also to keep our players strong. And that's really helped her too. Like, I just feel like all of the little things that we've put into our runners and mentally and as a team, positivity, um, that all adds up and that all builds everybody's confidence. And with everybody stepping up to the plate, that just makes everybody more positive. So, yeah, it's amazing. And her focus, she's just very, she's just different kids, just different kids. What does it mean? Between her and Alexa. What does it mean on this run to be able to have Obviously, the success of the girls' program and a lot of is talked about the runners that you've had the last couple of years. But to be mm-hmm. able to take the boys on the same trip, I mean, they, Ty Rosengarten didn't get his personal best, but he said he felt like the entire team stepped up on a tough course last weekend. Oh, to, oh yeah. to be able to to get that finish, and they're doing that as one giant unit that pretty much since day one has kind of been on the same mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I told them. It's you, you have to make it together. You guys have to build each other up. That's always my focus. And you have to have a good leader to do that. And that's what's been lacking some of our leadership. And you have to have everybody want to run with each other and want to push for each other. I, um, Cooper was under the weather, weather. He had a chest cold and 
I think Hunter knew it. And Hunter's like told the next man up, he's like, you stay with me the whole time. And then the next guy I made some other decisions with, he stayed up there and they were able to make the ground where, cause Cooper just, he couldn't breathe. Um, but they knew they had to step, step up for each other and they want to work hard for each other. So that's so important. You have to build that with it. You have to, they have to get to know each other. They have to pull for each other. And I, they're so good at that. And that takes good leadership and Hunter sexually, he does an amazing job with that. And, and Ty Buckland, my two seniors, he just does all the little things. And, and the uh, younger kids are seeing that they're seeing what they're doing. And then Ty Rosie is at a different level and they just respect it. And they're like, well, we want to do that too. So, I mean, it's a whole combination of things. Well, it's not really surprising with those same two young men that you're talking about being leaders because they've had so much, so much success in other sports and they've yeah. kind of been those same guys who have been relied on to be the old guys and the, and the knowledgeable guys in those sports too. Yes. Yes. And so they do. I mean, you have to, but then sometimes it's, are you, who's training you to be a leader? So I think Tyson does a good job with that training them to be a leader. Sometimes it's not always inbred in them and, but you got to give them the opportunity. So some things that we did with our seniors this year, we let them run a practice. Okay. This is kind of what you're, we want you to do. Now it's your turn. And we try not to say anything. Um, just things like that to get them to trust each other. They have to trust each other. So, and then we do these wet or wild Wednesdays and I'm like, okay, you get to play on this one. And I mean, they just, they have fun with each other. They trust, they start to trust each other and want to win with each other. There's so many little things, but the little things you have to do to get your program where it's at. And even though it does take a lot of time and a lot of things, and sometimes they're probably like, Oh, this is so dumb. Why are we doing this? But they don't, necessarily what it's doing but we see it you know what I mean it's crazy to me when I look at the championships coming up this weekend mm-hmm. does it make a difference at a place like Fortress Obets and at Memorial Park where you're running in the afternoon as opposed to in the morning um yeah I was really worried about that um but we've been running around one lately so they're kind of more acclimated to it um so, but we are really, okay, now make sure you know what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat and kind of, kind of practice with that. Um, I've been getting them up and making sure they're not sleeping in because that also can be detrimental um, to their running game. And there's just, again, a lot of little tweaking things that you have to make when you're running late like that. And then you're in a bus and uh, just making sure they're following their routines that they've been following so that they don't get in their heads. Um, and then like the temperature, I think it's supposed to be really warm on Saturday. So that's a whole nother factor. Alexa likes running in the heat. So that's awesome. But some of the boys, I'm going to have to really have them thinking about that, make sure they're hydrating. So there's a lot of things that you have to really think about, um, the time change and then the temperature, the temperature is going to be a factor. What part of you thought in August that you would be talking about almost August weather running in the state championships in November? Yeah, well, I mean, I I totally wanted them to make it, and I knew that that was a goal that they should set for themselves because they do work hard. But to think that we're here right now, I'm just so proud of them. But just the progression of it and just the progression of the hard work and the more work that they've been putting in and the focus has been awesome. But the temperature, holy cow, I figured it would be raining and sleeting and cold and windy. And nope, it's not. the last couple of races have been warm. So I don't, that's so tough, especially when the week during the week it's cold and then you have a warm race. Um, so like at the WBL, it was cold during the week and then, or was it, I can't remember how that went or if it was colder during the race and warmer during the week. I can't remember, but the kids were like, Oh my gosh, I can't breathe. It was so cold. I think it was colder. And I'm like, Oh no. But then the next week it was warm. So that's crazy. I mean, you have to be prepared for everything. I've got to believe that on each one of your teams with seven runners, having two seniors on each team, that bodes very brightly for the program. I mean, you have the freshmen for the boys, the sophomores and the juniors for the girls, that it's not just, all right, we're going down this time around with Olivia and Alexa for the girls of Mm -hmm. this is for this time, but it's also, you know, this is going to be something that we want to do and something we want to get back to. 
I know. And we're really trying to build the program. There were a lot. We actually had a girls um, junior high team for the first time and they're seeing that success. And at the WBL, they were able to ride on the bus when the fire trucks took us around and boy, that they just, I mean, they could taste and feel like what was going on and how special this was. I said, this doesn't ever happen. And you're here and you're getting on the bus with us. So, I mean, just to see that and then it motivates the other girls to want to work harder, like Rose um, Turnwald, she's a sophomore. She's really stepping it up. She wants to be up there. She wants to be like Olivia and Alexa. Um, And the boys team, Cooper Fisher and Connor Johnson, they see that that hunger in Ty Rosie and Hunter and um, Ty Bunklin and the trust. And so they're just going to, they're going to keep wanting it. That fire is going to be in their belly for until they're seniors. And hopefully they can, can motivate the other kids to get that fire too. I've asked every uh, coach that has done this, the same question. It, it always just makes me laugh. The, the variance of responses, but coming through town, with all of the county fire trucks and, and obviously more than just Ottawa and Glendore people rooting you on, that can't ever get old, right? No, and then different people get coming out of their houses and waving and honking, and it's it's so amazing. Like they know that. I mean, how that's just cool. I can't even explain it. Like, and to see the kids so happy that people are actually paying attention. They're reading the newspaper. They're following us. They're following us cross country. They're following us. I mean, how cool is that? So cool. And then I know a lot of former, my former students are on the fire department or their police officers that, um, drove the cruisers through. Um, and they were like the first ones. I'm, I'm definitely, I wasn't going to miss it. Miss Flick. And I'm like, Oh, how cool is that? They just, they feel a part of it too. I, they're part of this community and they do so much for our community. So uh, kudos and hats off to our um, fire departments and our um, emergency medical people that I, and our police department. They are amazing to allow us to do that and to bring us in. We really do appreciate them. Focusing on this weekend, but looking back a little bit, have you had a chance maybe during that ride to kind of look and just say, wow, okay, this is this is a pretty cool experience so far, but we're going to do bigger things. Yes, yes. I I feel like there's always more work to be done, and I always look at, okay, what did we do? What worked here? But what is the next thing that I can do to continue to keep them wanting to stay with the program and continue to work as hard as they, they do? Um do I need to add different things each year? Do I need to, and every, every group of kids is different. So not all the training will always work for everyone. So what I have also learned that I really need to pay attention to my individual learners and what they need and really pay attention to them. And so I'm learning that more as I'm going and individualized training and it's okay to do that and making sure the team knows it's okay. Cause you need something different than Susie over here. Um, and that's fine everybody's different. Everybody runs different. Everybody needs something a little bit different to get them where they're going. And that has been something that I'm going to continue to work on. Those, that, those individual goals of my runners. Well, I need quite a bit of individual training, so uh, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> oh, you can do it. Yeah. I'm going to run out, <laughs> run out and see if I can get the mail and come back and be okay with it. Oh. Okay, that's awesome. They motivate me to run, let me tell you. Like I'm like, oh, I got to go get a run. And actually, I do a lot of reflection out there when I'm, okay, I'm jogging. Um, and sometimes I just take my bike. But, hey, <laughs> they, they motivate me to eat better. They motivate me to be a more positive person. I mean, I'm a better person when I'm around them. So not only am I coaching them, they are also teaching me a lot. So, and I, I love that. And so are my other coaches. Like, they're young. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I realize I can't do the fun funny things like they do because I just sound like a mom. But, I mean, we just work together. We just work together well. They're funny, they're goofy, and I'm more like, okay, we got to do this. But we're, it's, they're receptive to all of it. And then when there's injuries, they always come to me, which is awesome because I'm like, okay, I will help you. We are going to go see Jess. We're going to do this. So we all have our roles. And, man, without all three of us, it would be really hard. So And without the phenomenal runners and their parents that have really helped us out so i appreciate every every part of our little package we have going on here well clearly it's working and i hope it results in a lot of gold this weekend 
Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate talking to you. Um, as always, like the last time I really enjoyed talking to you and you bring out the best in me here. <laughs> I, I, I do what I can. Oh, well, thank you. I say some words. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Oh, well, they work for me. They work. <laughs> That's all you can do. OG uh, running for state championships this weekend. Coming back here in uh, just a couple of minutes. Are you looking to relax after today's game with hot chicken wraps, wings, pizza, or cheese fries? Who's ready for a cold beverage or a warming drink? Hawker's Bar and Grill in downtown Columbus Grove is open and ready to serve a late-night dinner or celebrate your team's win with late-night snacks and drinks. Hawker's is located at 209 West Sycamore Street next to the railroad. Be sure to stop in for post-game socializing or give them a call for takeout. You can also find Hawker's on Facebook for the schedule of daily specials and events. The new staff at Hawker's is ready to serve you. Regional Volleyball Tournament going on now as this is running in a uh, couple of big matchups. The early matchup, you've got New Bremen and Jackson Center. But the late matchup is what we're talking about with Fort Loramie and Rushi with the head coach of the Fort Loramie Redskins and John Rogers, who was nice enough to uh, spend some time talking about his 20-6 and team. Taking on 21-5, and Rushi, third time's the charm. I mean, you guys have already split. How does that work as a head coach to try? Do you have to explain much? Uh, no, these girls know each other really well. They're, they're, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, um, you know, the, these matches between them has become quite a rivalry since Aaron took over down there. He's put on, he's got a real nice program and he's really turned them into some, you know, some good games down there for them. And, uh, you know, our, our girls, they know each other well. And, and I, in my opinion, and it's about who can handle the emotion of the moment, you know, uh, we're both athletic teams. We both can score. We both can do everything needs to be done to win these games. It's just who's going to handle the emotion of the moment. Who can, who can go out and get done what they do a thousand times every week in practice. You know, that's kind of how, what this match comes down to. First time around in September, they get you guys three, two second time in October, you get them three, one. You talk about Aaron Watkins, the head coach at Rushi. His quote was, I'm getting really tired of losing in regionals. This is the year we want to break through. <laughs> But yeah. he's got you guys and potentially Jackson Center or Nebreman standing in his way. Yeah, it's it's no secret this is uh this is quite the region. Uh and it has been for a lot of years. Uh I, I, I don't even know the numbers, but it has to be staggeringly uh, state champs coming out of this region is way up there compared to the other three regions in Ohio. Um I at, at one point I was thinking it's like 16 or 17 out of the last 20 probably have come from this, this region down here. Um, not that the other ones are weak. It's just the competition that we play here prepares us to handle anything that comes from anywhere else. Well, it's not really a surprise. I mean, you won't say it, but there are a lot of other people who would say <laughs> it, that it's not necessarily, let's go with not necessarily weak, but your region prepares you to more be handling those type of mm-hmm. big games. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, uh, you know, what, what these girls, you know, are able to handle out there and, and we do it all season, you know, uh, for example, last year we had five losses, or I'm sorry, we had seven losses last year. Five of them played for a state title between St. Henry and New Knoxville. Um, and the other loss was to New Bremen and the other one was to Rushi. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting into when, when you put your schedule together out here. But if you don't do that, you're not going to get where you want to go. That's kind of one of those fascinating and insane things that you come to terms with probably sometime in the month of December of, <laughs> well, we played really well. Everybody's playing for a title that beat us, but uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. It, it's just. How and I think that's one of the most enjoyable parts about coaching out here. As someone who's been in it for a while, you know I enjoy the competition. I enjoy the big games. I love the big moments. Um, and, and I think it's it's just one of those things that it's how dangerously close you are to being five hundred, and how dangerously close you are to winning a state title every single year. It, it just kind of it kind of just eats at you, and it's fun. Well, and it's not as if you know that. There are a lot of other teams and a lot of extra wins. Look at what Nebreman and what Coach has done down there in the last five years. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that doesn't help of, okay, you guys weren't necessarily on the front burner, and then all of a sudden Diana comes down there and 
they just become a completely different program and your nightmare kind of expands a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, the, the coaches out here are, you know, second to none as far as their ability to put a team on the floor and, and in some ways create a program. You know, that, that that's almost as impressive as, uh, you know, having one stellar team that comes through and wins it all. But being able to do it over a long span, you know, you talk about Diane and, and she's been successful everywhere she's gone and done incredible things. But look at Kim Metz at Jackson Center. I mean, I don't know how many wins she's got. I've lost track. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the recent retire of Greg Snipes at Layman Catholic. You know, people talk about us winning 15 district titles in a row. Well, guess what? They won over 20 in a row before I got here. So, you know, the, the coaches that are able to do it over a long period of time and build a program that is competitive every single year is, is also something that, that gets a little overlooked out here. They say, oh, it's the same teams year after year. Well, sometimes there's a reason for that. It's because of all the, the youth coaches and, you know, the volunteers that I have that come in and work with our program. The, you know, I've got, I think I had, we run our own youth program here at Loramie with just Loramie kids. And, and I had, I believe, 10 or 12 former players of mine coaching them at various age groups uh, in the spring. You know, half my staff right now played for me. And, and, and it's, just, it's just enjoyable to see that happen. But that's what builds programs. You just kind of look around and laugh when your coaches start to tell the girls about the old days? <laughs> uh, no, sometimes they look at me and roll their eyes and they're like, <laughs> okay, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you Wait know? a second. It, it, it does my heart good to see all my former players still having passion for the game, I think is, is, is the biggest uh, thing that I enjoy. You know, Even my 7th and 8th grade coaches played for me and, and seeing them <laughs> Sometimes seeing them have the same struggles with the team that I did, you know, with them is, is enjoyable. But just seeing them have passion for the game and still wanting to be involved is, is great. Talking volleyball with the Fort Lorby head coach, John Rogers, who, as you're listening to this, his team is in action right now, taking on Rushi at Northmont. It's also got to kind of be funny. I, I've asked young coaches this, where they are in a system that they uh, are coaching under the coach who they played for, of <laughs> them getting yeah. it to where – they'll say something and, and just stop and go, ah, I said I wasn't going to be that guy. And just look <laughs> over at you and maybe just kind of chuckle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that happen for sure. I've seen them get worked up and get nervous, and I'm like, just calm down. It's okay. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same stuff that you put me through when, when you were playing. Uh, you know, I, a lot of times uh, we, we get lost in the shuffle that, that we're coaching teenage girls. We're coaching emotional kids. We're coaching young players. Um, some of them are passionate about the sport. Some of them are there because their friends are there, you know. But regardless of that, we, we always really work hard to, to take everybody's, you know, emotional situation into, into, uh, into consideration. And sometimes that's my coaching staff. <laughs> you go through the Coldwater Spike Off. You uh, split the first two, beat New Knoxville, lose to St. Henry. Mm -hmm. Your third matchup, you beat St. Mary's. Okay, you guys probably feeling a little bit good. You go two out of three on that Saturday. But a couple of days later, walk me through the Minster game because you're down. You lose the first set 28-26. You lose the second set 26-24. And I know you're probably tired of talking about this, but I was reading about it, and I just I found it fascinating of – what that would have to be through a coach's mind of the girls walking back into the huddle after the second set and you kind of trying to point out to them, we're going to get this one. Just let's go. Well, you know, I, and, and I still remember that because it was, there's a lot of rookies for us on the floor, you know, in, in, in that first particular week of the season there, those, and when I say rookies, you know, we graduated 18 seniors the past two years. Um, that was essentially a brand new crew minus like three players. And um, it, it, the learning curve uh, and, and seeing them, you know, kind of turn the corner there. And, and we talk about game three. We always talk about that. And we're like, okay, this, this, is, this is where you're making a break. And either you're going to win the match or you're going to force it into a fourth. And I try to get them to stop looking at the scoreboard and just live in the moment, just play the next touch for the next touch. And then the next one for the next one for the next one. And 
I think they started buying into that a little bit. Some of those, those first couple sets, I think we had the lead in both of those sets by four or five, six points and then gave it away at the end. So we started talking about taking deep breaths, relaxing, and just focus on the moment. And, and they started doing that a little bit and they relaxed. And then we started to put some things together and then the old momentum hits, you know, kind of rolls into your favor and there you go. Kind of on the backside of that, you have gone three sets this year. You guys go one and two. Rushi and Debreman, it kind of the reverse of that to where maybe their experience took over with your youth? Yeah. The first time we played Rushi, absolutely, 100%. That was the the, the, the situation. Uh, you know, young teams playing at, at, a, at a high level, you know, it's hard to keep the foot on that accelerator the entire time, you know. They call, we got them, yeah, and no, you don't. A senior-driven team is, is going to come back and fight. And so that was a real turning point, regardless of who that would have been. It just happened to be Rushi. That, that, that was a turning point for some of our younger players. Uh, you know, and, and uh, then we go into playing teams like New Bremen and teams like Marion Local and, you know, Versailles and St. Henry again. So, I mean, that, it's just they're, they're learning. you got to learn how to just play – you know, hundred percent all the time. There can be no coasting. <laughs> it just doesn't happen out here. Are you a fan of that format? Of I mean, you get a team once. Let's say, say something fluke happens one way or the other, where you win or lose, that yeah. you know that you'll get them again. Um, gosh, some years yes, some years no. <laughs> it depends on way. how many of those games you won. Exactly, exactly, and and I think. In some regards, it does the girls good. It gives them a chance to, uh, you know, match themselves up. Uh, it gives them a chance to, to see their growth. You know, hey, last time I did this against this person. This time I'm doing this against this person. So it gives them a chance to give a little bit of a measuring stick. But at the same time, if we only played through our league one time, we could certainly branch out and play a lot of other schools in a lot of other areas and, and, and see a lot of different schools too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Talking to Fort Lorme head coach John Rogers, you've got uh, obviously a big task in front. Third time around with the uh, Shelby County Athletic League Player of the Year and Kate Sherman. Mm-hmm. First player of the year not to come from your program in the last four years. That, to <laughs> me, when I read it, proves, I mean, she's she's breaking records, whatever she does, but it proves to me that she's got to be having one terrific year because you've got some young ladies that are playing at an extremely high level right now. Yeah, she she has been. I mean, there's no doubt about it. She was actually, I believe she was second yep. to my players the past couple of years in the voting, um, which is, you know, exactly, I, I thought, where it should be. And this year, you know, I thought we had a little competition for in that voting and in, in, in summer hoying. But, you know, Kate deserves it. There, there's no doubt about it. She's put up the numbers. She's done the things she needs to do. And and I don't think for her it's about numbers. The numbers are nice, you know, this and the record for this. And But I think she wants to win some big games. And that's that's one thing that, that goes into uh, my voting when it comes to player of the year. When you see somebody that's not concerned about the numbers, they want to win some big games. With her and Maya Bonin, do you have to maybe uh, scheme a little differently? And, I mean, you've got Jillian Chapman as well. Mm-hmm. Or is this at, at a point where – you're at a point in the season that you just concentrate on what you do and try to make that work. Well, we want to be aware of where they're at at all the time. Um, you know, what rotation are they in over there? Where, you know, what can we do? What can we take advantage of? What do they give us? What are they not giving us? Have they changed anything? Um, but yeah, sometimes our best game plan is to prepare our team uh, to, to have our girls ready to go to execute what they do and force them to stop us you know, rather than focus on one player from the other team, um, you know, so it, it's it's one of those things where we want to know where she's at. We need to know where she's at. We've got to pay attention to what they're doing. But at the same time, we've got to execute our game plan as well. I know you've got a title coming in 2014. You've had success. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the district titles and the run that you guys have been on and obviously into the regionals this year. But how much has been able, being able to, share these girls, a lot of the same girls that play basketball with Carla Siegel, who herself has had, some would say, a modicum of success. Does that kind of help out with their ability to, when you walk into these big gyms, walk into these big games, that 
they're not freaked out even as younger players. Um, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we're so proud of here at Fort Laramie is the success of all of our female sports and our male sports too. But, you know, I'm a female coach. So, you know, the success of all of the sports, you know, we're, our girls cross country teams on their way to the state finals this weekend. Um, you know, our girls basketball, obviously with Carla coaching, they are going to be contending this year. Um, and, and it means a lot. And yes, it does, you know, it does breed success across the board. The girls, learn how to win they learn how to execute you know at, at crunch time and it definitely plays a big role uh in, in in what we're trying to do here carl and i often talk about you know we're you know one of the things that we are most proud of between our two programs is in you know we won the state title in 2014 and then they turned around and won it in 2015 and that was a huge chunk of the same girls the same girls turned around and won the basketball state title. So that's one of the things that I'm most proud of, um, you know, as, as far as what's going on here at Fort Loramie. And yes, it breeds, it works together. It definitely, uh, you know, builds on itself. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who look at a bracket and go, ah, not Loramie again. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, and it, it's one of those things where, I, we tell the girls, hey, because of that jersey you're wearing, you're going to get your opponent's best game. And you have to be aware of that and you have to be prepared for that because, you know, they're going to bring their best game to you because any little thing they do right is a huge accomplishment for them. And uh, you, you have to be able to handle that and uh, and be able to respond. I know that you don't look ahead, but when the bracket mm-hmm. came out and with if you've had a chance to look at the regional bracket, I'm, I'm curious to know, is there a team – in any one of the regions or anywhere on the bracket outside of your own district and your own regions that you kind of looked at and said, all right, I kind of figured they were going to be there at this point. They might be there later on if we're able to see them. Um, gosh, I, I looked, but I can't remember. Is Tiffin Calvert still in? Yes. And they have Crestview. Yeah, Tiffin, Tiffin, Tiffin Calvert would be one of the ones, I think. Uh, recently, they've been you know a powerhouse coming out of the Northwest up there. And they're my prediction to come out over there. I think Newark Catholic probably is going to come out of Central Ohio. Um, Northeastern Ohio, it's a toss-up. You know, they run Northwest teams over to center, over to Eastern Ohio. I'm not sure why, but they do. Um, but I would say that, uh, you know, we'll have our, you know, if we win or when we win, however you want to say it on uh, tomorrow night, then we'll have our scouts out on Saturday, um, you know, watching some of these teams that we'll be playing. But, uh, you know, it, it, like I've told you before, it's about handling the emotion of the moment. And, and that's that's really, really big, um, you know, especially when you get down on that floor in another center. It, the, the, the temperature changes, I guess, is the best way to put it, the best metaphor to use. I want to ask you this uh, kind of as a last thing. You're victorious. Again, you're playing right now as this is running. If you're victorious in this ball game against Rushi, you get either Jackson Center or Bremen, and then you go on and going all the way through, does it change Anything for you as a program that your times keep continuing to get earlier? I mean, you would go 2 p.m. on Saturday, 12 p.m. for the semis, 11 a.m. for the finals. <laughs> no, not really. Um, you, you know, I, we don't even put any thought process into that, you know. Well, I didn't know because um, the girls are so used to playing at, you know, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. If it would throw off, okay, they do this during the day or what have you. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't even think it's something we talk about, but one of the things we would do is we would certainly practice at the time we're going to play the day before. Um, you know, like let's say we're going to play, you know, we're going to play Thursday, but just time we say two o'clock on Thursday. Um, we would probably try and be practicing on a Wednesday at two o'clock, you know, to get us in that kind of mode. And then on Friday, let's say we win Thursday in the state tournament Friday. We would try to practice at 11 o'clock um, with a short turnaround, you know, so we're kind of prepared for that. So that's the only thing we would really do. That's kind of what we've done in the past. And I don't know that it makes a whole lot of difference at this point. Um, you know, again, it's, you just have to be able to handle the, 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 uh, the emotion of the moment. I mean, you can't see whether it's daylight or dark when you're playing. <laughs> one of the things, one of those things. Well, I mean, God willing, you're uh, able to go the rest of the way. You'll have, 
you know, those long bus rides back to Northmont <laughs> and then down to, down to uh, Dayton. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get to stay overnight anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and that is, is that different? Because I mean, that, there's something to be said about sleeping in your own bed. Um, I, I think it, I think it's two things. I think it's, it's, you know, it's beneficial. You come home, you sleep in your own bed you have your own meals, but you also miss that experience of being together with your team in the final four. You know, uh, I think there's good points and bad points about each each side of it. But, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> well, hopefully you get that opportunity coming up. I hope so, too. These girls deserve it, and they've earned it. They've worked hard. I have enjoyed having this conversation. I wish you guys uh, the best of luck this weekend and going forward. Oh, thank you. Anytime you need anything, you just let me know. I'll be happy to talk to you. That's Fort Lormie's head coach, John Rogers. We're back with more here in just a couple of minutes. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And still one of my favorite places to eat whenever I get a chance to go home. Had that happen on Sunday. Got a chance to go and take my daughter to trick-or-treat and show off her little ducky outfit. It did not rain. It was almost 70 degrees, and it was the strangest Halloween I think I've ever had in 40 years just because of the temperature. But thank God for that temperature. She got some candy, which means I got some candy. And that was pretty much that. She'd one lap around half of half of the parade, and a couple of houses, and she was pretty much done. But uh, so cool. I love Halloween. That's my favorite time of year. Big thanks to uh, Coach Rogers and Coach Flew for uh, talking about their programs, and I hope that you enjoyed getting to see uh, kind of the outside from some folks that don't normally get enough coverage. And that, again, as always, is the guys of this show. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you've got somebody you'd like to hear their story, please hit me up on Twitter. At Michael Hearn, PVP, um, mhearn3 at gmail.com, or wherever. I'm a pretty easy guy to find. High school football, cross country, and volleyball taking center stage this weekend. But don't forget about soccer. A lot of big games coming up this weekend. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow, wherever you may be. And thank you for listening to Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.